Welcome to Mortification of Spin, a casual conversation about things that count. With Carl Truman, Todd Pruitt, and Amy Bird. Mortification of Spin is a weekly podcast from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Let's join this week's conversation. Well, welcome to the Mortification of Spin. I am Amy Bird, and I'm here with my co-hosts Todd Pruitt, pastor of Covenant Presbyterian in Harrisonburg, Virginia, and Carl Truman, professor at Grove City College in Western Pennsylvania. And you know, Carl's been, I don't know if you've been listening to the podcast lately, but Carl's been picking up on the new slang and lingo now that he is back to teaching undergraduates he's slick to our jive he's um, slick to oh you guys I've are i've been terrible. running deep with my crew pretty regularly yeah, he's lit yeah well Off i just chain, wanted, man. i just chain. thought maybe we test both of your skills and because i mean todd you're a pastor you need to be able to relate you got a lot of college age kids yes he, he i quotes, Bono, he quotes Bono regularly i the speak the language of mm-hmm. today's youth yes. okay well i As just it was spoken just a 30 years ago mm-hmm. <laughs> just gonna that's the problem i'm noticing with both of you <laughs> <laughs> it's the slang i'm from totally lit 20 years yeah. ago mm-hmm. so i just thought i'd throw out a couple quiz you guys see if you know what we're talking about these I days i guarantee or i not will. me really but the mm-hmm. young the young ones mm-hmm. so um ego surfing Oh, yeah. I bet you Carl doesn't know what that means. Let's see if he does. Uh, Self-promotion. Promoting Mm, yourself. Close. Um, Close. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would have guessed. Promoting yourself on social media all the time or something. uh, Or seeing, seeing, seeing where people are referring to you yeah i need a boost in my self-esteem i'm gonna google my name and i don't think googling your name will boost your (laughs) (laughs) self-esteem i'm afraid to google my name yeah Uh, normally normally i just i look up amy's name in in terms of whatever doug wilson is saying so (laughs) i I did get an email once from somebody who is named amy bird spelled either close or like mine uh-huh. and that's how she she's like i google my name every now and then to just see what people because she kind of has a profession that uh-huh. she wanted to see what people are saying and she's like and you always come up so uh, I thought I she didn't realize she was so hated <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. ego surfing okay all right, all right yeah, how about this it. one mm-hmm. extra extra okay i'm totally clueless my daughter that. uses this one a lot my, I, my middle child i haven't heard excellent that. It means it's excellent. It's really good. She's That's so extra. extra. Man. I haven't heard that. She's so extra. Extrovert. It's short for extrovert. No. Uh, she thinks highly of herself. Something to do with chewing gum. It's kind of like um, over the top, whether it's in their look or in their okay. behavior. Okay. My daughter uses it a lot for the for their look. If somebody's oh, yes. like just trying too hard to look a certain way. Okay. Yeah. She's so extra. Now, can we apply that to Carl with his whole faking of his English accent? Thing? Oh, yes. Yeah. If you didn't extra. know, if you didn't know, Carl... Um, is Italian. He was raised in Wildwood, New Jersey, and um, he's faking this English hey, how thing. How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was bad. All right, I'll do one more. I'll do one more before we get into the the real meat of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Pregret. Pregret. Well, I mean, I guess it would have something to do with regretting something before you do it, but I don't know how to <laughs> yeah, how yeah, I would apply yeah. that. Yeah. You don't know how to apply it's that? Pity, I would say it's a pity we didn't pre-gret inviting Amy to join the <laughs> podcast too. We might have avoided creating oh, okay, a monster. So that's how it would You're be. You're not really using it's it pre-gretable. correctly. Uh-huh. pre We should have seen it coming. Uh-huh. Pre-gret, eminently is, pre-gretable. is when you okay. know you're going to regret it, yeah, but you we, do it anyway. Okay. Oh, yeah, we weren't that wise and astute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
regret. I, we I like that word. I think I'm going to start over. using it. I could use that. I know. That's, that's a fun one. <laughs> that no one shouldn't one. do it, but and you'll regret it, but nice. I'm going to do it anyway. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, regret. Well, now, Amy, you have uh, some listener questions for yeah. us. We've got some good questions here. I think so we, we got wanna, some really good questions. And so I'm just going to throw some of these out there. Uh-huh. First one, um, she even titled it, well, Greater Than the Eye Can See was the subject of the email. And um, she says, hi, Amy, I'm listening to the Mortification of Spin podcast titled Greater Than the Eye Can See and hearing the assertion that the gospel is something that you hear, an auditory event, and that a gospel that's presented visually is a different gospel. Mm -hmm. Where does this leave deaf people who are unable to experience an auditory event Mm. and can't hear the gospel but receive it through sign language? Thanks for clarifying, Lori. Hmm. It's a good uh, question. I think it's a very good question. I think the, the straightforward answer is that uh, sign language is not the equivalent of a play or a right. drama, for mm-hmm. example. Uh, if you're watching a movie, it's not the equivalent of seeing that story told to you via right. sign language. There is a very close connection between sign language and the spoken word. Right. Mm-hmm. So while one would say there's a, there's a sense in which the ideal is always to hear it, obviously mm-hmm. if you're deaf, if you go deaf, that's not going to be a possibility. But what we were not addressing in that program was, was sign language, the, yeah. the equivalent of yeah. words. Uh, we were addressing things such as pictures or drama that are actually not mm-hmm. the same. They're not right. the equivalent of, as, of linguistic communication. Mm-hmm. Yep. So and I think sign, that would be the answer. Right. And sign language is a language. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a language. It is a language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that's a good clarification. Mm-hmm. I'm glad she asked that question. Yeah. Next one then. Hello, my question is, what do I do when songs come on the screen that we know have bad theology? Do I sing along respectfully? Do I remain quiet? Or appropriate the words to a meaning I want them to have? As a Christian college student, I Mm. face this decision every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday (laughs) in chapel. So any advice would be appreciated. Blessings, David. Can I just say that uh, Grove City College Chapel is Tuesdays and Thursdays. Mm, So so we know it's not not a problem at Grove City College (laughs) that we're Mm -hmm. hearing about. Um, I think you should storm the projector room and uh, (laughs) seize the offending side and and burn them in a public ceremony out on the the college court. Okay, perfect. Next question. It's a good question. and It is a really good question. I mean, I've been there. Yep, and with the popularization and proliferation of bad worship music, mm-hmm. it, it's an ever more pressing question. And um, I, I would say the, the first thing you want to do is is communicate respectfully to those who are making the decisions about what is going to be sung in those times of worship and um, approach them respectfully and uh, point out your concerns. Um, that would be the first thing to do. Um, beyond that, I, I, I guess it just depends on, on how bad the problem is. Well, yeah. Cause here's my question. Like if you're visiting a church, let's say, and you're uh-huh. not going to do that. Yeah. Um, I don't really want to sing along respectfully. Sometimes I remain quiet, but, but I don't want to make a scene. Yeah. I mean, there have been times that I have appropriated the words to a meaning I want them to have. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a, it's a tough decision on right. what to do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Often I've just had to not sing or I'll sing parts of it. Right. And not other parts. I've done that. Mm-hmm. I think first of all, I want to say, don't do anything that, that brings you into conflict with your own conscience. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's a sense, yeah, whatever you do, do it respectfully. Mm-hmm. Don't make a song and dance about it. But you shouldn't do anything that, that causes you to do something against your own conscience. I remember being at a college a few years ago to preach and the, 
the student-led worship beforehand involved a song where I think in, in one of the verses I was required to to sing about resting my head on Jesus's breast and, yeah. and hearing his heartbeat. Yeah. And there are numerous avenues of criticism I would sure. make of that, but I was deeply uncomfortable with singing mm -hmm. that and simply respectfully kept my mouth shut yeah. during it. And I would say to anyone, first and foremost, don't do something that violates your conscience. Right, mm -hmm. right. Uh, how you handle any given or particular situation then is going to come down probably to the, the immediate context. I'd also say, remember that it may sound a rather patronizing way I put it, but bear in mind, probably the people organizing worship are well-meaning. Yep. They're not doing this because they're wicked. Uh, they're not right. doing it for bad reasons. Mm -hmm. They're doing it perhaps because they don't know any better, or perhaps right. it's just the way they, they themselves have been brought up. So if you're going to address the situation, do it in a, in a way that you think is going to persuade mm -hmm. the people that you're talking to of a better way, yeah. not in a manner that's going to offend them and cause them to to become even more entrenched, right. to double down on what might be a bad position. Right. And be willing to um, to be patient. Yeah, willing to listen as uh, exactly. well. Exactly. And because it, it uh, you, you may find out that the person that you approach to talk to about this is is teachable, but it may require some time with this person or those persons. And oftentimes when you're dealing with music, because it is so uh, such an emotional subject, mm -hmm. people get people develop strong emotional ties to a particular song mm -hmm. because it moved them in a particular way and they don't want to hear that the theology is actually yeah. deeply flawed yeah. Yeah. and it just is going to take yeah. time for that. And so you have to be willing to, uh, to be patient with some, with some folks in this. I know we, um, I love the hymn and can it be, but I, I had us alter a line in that hymn, uh, emptied himself of all but love. I disagree with the theology in that line. It, it smacks too much of canonic theology. And, um, and I would actually say there that that's interesting because that's a line that is more objectionable now than it would have been when it was originally written. Mm. It's because of the 19th century uh, canonic Christology, yeah. the, this idea of Christ's self-emptying right. that went in bad directions in right. the 19th century. Yep. That line has become more problematic now mm -hmm. than, when, than when Wesley originally right. wrote it. Right. And we tweaked that line to remove the problem theologically with it. It fits right in. There, yeah. there's, it doesn't sound awkward. But, um, and, and that would seem like a really minor thing to a lot of people. Once you factor into some of the, the music that's coming out of places like Bethel Music, out of Bethel Church, Reading, then we get into some issues of, of requiring people to sing um, some really problematic theology. Some of the Hillsong stuff is really problematic. Yeah. I think we, should, we can make a distinction between what I would call nonsense and heresy. Yes. There's yes. some meaningless, I mean, right. I, shine, Jesus, shine. Yeah. It's nonsense. Not heresy. But it's it not just, heresy. It's right. just nonsense. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and there's a difference there again. And I would also make a distinction between college, chapel, and church. Yes. I think, right. uh, That's what I was you know, ask. when you do, when I go to speak at colleges, I set the bar lower of course, than definitely. I would if I was speaking. You know, right. I expect the, the lack of knowledge, <laughs> if you like, yeah. of the student leadership to come through occasionally sure. in some of the things that are being sung. Yeah. If, if you're going to a church, you'd expect the elders of the church to have a much firmer grasp of what's meant to be going on in worship than necessarily right. you would in a Student world. That sounds patronizing. Maybe it is, but it's also true. Well, but it's, it, it's, it's true. Absolutely. True. I, I mean, and again, a college chapel 
is important. You hope that the content is all good. You hope yep. that those who preach do an excellent job with the Word of God, but it's it's not the weekly gathering of the church. No. And so it no. is it is different. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, um, I got a good stack of questions here, and I'm thinking this one might take a little longer to answer, um, but I'm going to throw it out here. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, thanks for the great podcast. My question is broad. What things should Christians think through as we try to engage in debates and discussions online and on social media? I'd love thoughts regarding issues for lay people to consider as well as clergy. For example, Todd getting after TGC on Twitter this week. I don't disagree or think it was wrong, but his tone surprised me. What kind of things should we consider before we click post regarding debatable issues? Thanks, Mitch. Yeah, well, you know, in terms of tone, you know, I mean, uh, how about you just just read any one of my Twitter posts like this. Read it with this tone to yourself out loud. Hi, TGC. What were you thinking when you posted that? You know, now you could you could read it like, yeah. what were you thinking? But I choose to, you know, you when I wrote it, read it, read it in an English accent. I sound even more sophisticated. When I wrote it, it sounded, it kind of had yeah. a sing song, yeah. very pleasant yeah. tone to it. So, Todd and a sing song tone. It doesn't go off on Twitter very well. I'm actually profoundly unconvinced of Twitter as a useful medium for yeah. any kind of constructive discussion. Right. I don't do Twitter. I think there are dangers with Twitter, Twitter of self-promotion, and the mm-hmm. Bible is very clear that we're not to promote ourselves. Mm-hmm. But I also think that quite often the debates that take place on Twitter, you're debating complicated issues right. in a medium that simply isn't susceptible to the subtlety and complexity required to to discuss them. Right. I remember hearing somebody, when I'm way back at college, somebody telling me, you know, the tr- problem with student politics is it's students getting superficially involved in very deep issues. Mm-hmm. And I think Twitter as a medium, it's great for wisecracks and one-liners. Mm-hmm. It's not good for putting together a constructive argument. So I would raise a question mark about the usefulness of theological debates on Twitter, period. Yeah. Yeah, I, I we um, may disagree on this. No, no, no. I was actually thinking. No, I was actually thinking through this. Um, <clears throat> actually, because of a few tweets that came out from a well-known Christian organization uh, <laughs> this past week, and in my opinion, they were careless, and because of that, could be misleading. And um, well, one of the problems is tweet tweets don't really have a context, right? And the meaning is therefore m- little more free floating than it yep. might be in a. A paragraph or an essay. Right, right. And I, I came to a decision that I'm, I, I think I'm, I'm going to really try to stick to, and that is I'm just going to stay off of Twitter because it is very difficult for me. And this is, you know, a man has to know his limitations. man's got to do what a man's got to do. A man's do, got brother. to know his limitations. And that's a line from the uh, second Dirty Harry movie called <laughs> Magnum Force, by the way. A man's I've got to know Magnum his limitations. And, and one of my limitations is when I see someone tweet something irresponsible, particularly when it's somebody who should know better or an organization that should know better, mm-hmm. I feel compelled to reply. Yeah. And that's just stupid. And because I have a difficult time not replying to something like that, I just thought, you know what? I'm just not going to go on anymore. And so I'm saying that I'm putting that out there so that if somebody sees me pop up again, they can go, you said you weren't going to be on here anymore. Um, You've heard it here first. Yeah, exactly. I see very, I see very few people who can use it intelligently and well. I think about a guy like Scott Swain 
who who's actually has the intelligence and and the winsomeness to make a theological statement that is helpful on Twitter. But he's one of the very few people well, that are able to. And do I think it. Robbie George at Princeton. Uh, yeah, Robbie's yeah. Uh, Twitter account's great, and more yeah. often than not, he's linking, he's linking to, to a substantial great article right. and maybe mm -hmm. giving a little yeah. glass in, in the tweet. Right. And you know, one of the things I think about Robbie when he responds, when, on the odd occasion he does get into it with people on Twitter, mm -hmm. is it's always tinged with humour. Mm -hmm. You never get the impression that Robbie George is taking himself too right. seriously in the exchange. Yeah. There's, there's a lightness of touch that not everybody has. It, I mean, I have it. Robbie George has it, but not everybody <laughs> does. It can get pretty nasty. Well, if, pretty I, if I can quote right. from, from one of my favorite movies, Big Trouble in Little China, oh, well, Jack yeah, Burton, it's, it's all in the reflexes. But <laughs> I look at Twitter more as like the Wittenberg door. You know, like mm -hmm. you can post on there like, um, like so she's saying, or he's saying, engaging in debates and discussions online and on social media. Yeah. I think that you, know, you post up here and say like, this is a discussion that needs to be had linked to, I'm going to write an article here right. or, or let's, you know, to a debate over here. Yeah. Um, I look at it more as like a bulletin board. Mm -hmm. and, and, and not to say that I don't engage sure, in sure, sure. disagreements sometimes too there. Like sometimes... You feel things need to be clarified, but um, like that's the way I view Twitter right. more. And 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 let me just say something about the tone police. I'm not advocating for being a horse's rear end every opportunity you have. Okay, and I don't want people to think I'm 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 saying that that we can say something regardless of of our tone. Um, but we live in such an interesting time that unless you go out of your way to explain how what you're getting ready to say is is entirely positive and you you want to make sure you don't hurt anybody's feelings th th then you can't say it i i don't see that kind of backbending nuancing going on at other times in in history where there were serious minds at work on serious subjects well and i i think the the tone criticism is often a a subjective aesthetic judgment right. in that the tone that's objected to is typically the tone of the person who holds the position we disagree with. Exactly. Uh, it's amazing to me how, you know, even Donald Trump, Donald Trump is, you know, the wizard of Twitter. Mm -hmm. The people who rant on Twitter about Trump's Twitter rants, <laughs> completely unaware that they are actually part of precisely the same mm -hmm. culture. Exactly. And so many subtweets also the same culture. Right. And the are doing the same exact thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I like to, as a rule of thumb, to think, you know, what would my kids, when yeah. I write an article these days, what would my adult children think of their dad if mm -hmm. they read this? Now, I, you know, I write critical pieces, but are my children going to be embarrassed right. in how I've expressed myself? I'm appalled at, at a lot of what goes on online. Mm -hmm. And, and let, me, let me say this, that sometimes in terms of, wow, the tone or, or the shock has more to do with the fact that I can't believe you publicly disagreed with something that TGC tweeted as though to even do that is questionable or inappropriate. Um, and you know, I'm just going to name that. I yeah. mean, that, that's, that's what it is, is I can't believe you publicly disagreed with that coalition or, or that famous pastor. Mm -hmm. You just publicly disagreed with Now that. I have another, you know, People disagree with me all the time. <laughs> I haven't noticed that, Amy. <laughs> I thought you were universally loved. Yeah, and so, yeah. yeah I know. Is, it's it's shocking. but And, and so I, it is all on the reflexes because I'll be tagged in something. Right. A lot of times it's by a fake account, you know, anonymous mm -hmm. account or something. Or other times it's, you know, I will, it'll be a pastor. Right. Or an elder. And, and 
uh, there's name calling involved right. or, or assigning motives to something instead mm. of engaging with the content and to disagree with contents, one thing. Right. But, um, and, you know, having to think sometimes how I'll react to that or, um, you know, if somebody chooses to critically review every single chapter mm. of my book. Oh, that's um, not going do, on. Huh? You know, is that something I want to engage <laughs> with or not? I don't, you know, sometimes there's softballs, the softballs that come at me like that, you just want to yeah. hit them out of the park. Sure, sure. So bad. Well, like, I, I it's really a lot, tempting. Of, a lot of these but, things are down to self-promotion. It goes back that people mm-hmm. do these things yeah, I just, to promote I have to, right. I have to back off though sometimes and just say, right. this isn't going to be profitable. This isn't, um, uh, this isn't going to be helpful for me to respond to. But then there's other times where I feel like if it's if it's an elder in the church or a pastor in the church, I, I almost feel like they need to be held accountable in a way to where you ask them, is this really what you're saying here? Yeah, if, 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 if you're an elder or a pastor and, and you're on social media assassinating the character of someone, mm-hmm. then you should be held accountable to that. And so, for instance, my interaction with TGC, which I, I thought was actually relatively respectful, um, I, I was I was just disagreeing and Relative I was speci- to what? and I was uh, <laughs> and I was specific I was specific about my disagreement, and again, we live in a time where just doing that causes people to get nervous. Yeah, yeah. and um, you know I would just direct people to to things that some pastors and elders have written about you, for instance, personal, really ugly attacks, and I'd say if you want to get concerned about tone, read some of those, not just yeah. the fact that I decided that what this universally loved pastor tweeted just now gave an inaccurate view of the cross <laughs> and i and i just said so mm-hmm. don't don't worry so much about that as as about some character assassinations and why a pastor would spend his time doing that to people on social but media I, I mean i rethought my my writing a few years ago i think i i need to refocus it on critiquing people outside the church mm-hmm. awful lot of time is wasted christians slaying other yeah. christians yeah and i think it's uh, it's you know, if you want to be courageous, yeah. criticize the LGBTQ lobby. Right, exactly. You know, don't criticize <laughs> the Presbyterian pastor that you happen to disagree mm-hmm. because he's done X or you know, he's commended Amy's book or something like that. <laughs> take on the real, take on yeah. the real evil people. Yeah. If you're yeah. such a if you're such a, a courageous intellect, mm-hmm. take on the real hard cases yeah. out there. And rather than dividing the church continually. Yeah. And one of the things that I've, I've I've had to go through the same rethinking process, and uh, one of the things that um, I'm really seeking to do. And again, if there's a if there's a public issue that is causing uh, Christians to truly be vexed and misguided, then by all means uh, reply to it with some helpful things publicly. Yeah, I mean with the Revoice Conference, right. without making any judgment one or the other on that. It, this precise point is like yeah. that's a there was a very significant yep. thing that Christians were confused about, and it was important. I exactly, think, and 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 I went into that. that. I went into that actually. I'm glad you brought that up because I went into that issue of the Revoice Conference deliberately saying, okay, I'm really going to write about this publicly in a very gracious way seeking to um, do the best I can to um, to assume the very best about the motives of the organizers. And so I wrote one uh, post on it, a response where, where I did that. In fact, I received some thanks from people who disagreed with me, but, but appreciated the fact that I was as gracious as my perspective could allow me in, in terms of disagreeing. Um, and then for the kind of formal response that is required of me in terms of being a part of a, a Presbyterian denomination, 
I, I want to engage that responsibly, but that's out of the public eye. Mm. Um, but in terms of my public response, wanting to affirm these are brothers and sisters, we have a disagreement and it matters. So I'm going to reply publicly, but not in a way that, uh, that disrespects or savages uh, these, these people. A root of so, thumb, I, so I'm, yeah. I'm wanting to be more and more careful and introspective on that. A rule of thumb as well, as I think is when you write these critiques, do it in a way that you'd be prepared to say to somebody's face. Yes. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean you've got to be soft. Right. right. I remember a few years ago, I was at a conference and a guy came up to me and introduced himself and I recognized the surname and mm -hmm. I said, oh, you must be related to X. And he said, yeah. yeah, it's my dad. He said, and I just wanted to thank you that whenever you've engaged my dad uh, polemically, you have always respected him as a person. Mm. And I'm not saying that to puff my own, yeah, yeah. myself at the but, but the penny dropped. I'm like, yeah, there are real human beings. Yeah. There are real human beings right. behind the people you take a shot at. And, they and have a relief, families, they have kids. Exactly. That's a, and a know, relief at that moment uh, so that you did not have to, to feel yeah, a great I sense of shame. Feel, he knows that I fundamentally man. disagree with. Mm -hmm. I debated his dad face to face. He yeah. knew mm -hmm. that I disagreed with his yeah. dad. But he also knew that I treated his dad as a person. That's right. an even bigger question because yes. um, to say not only am I able to criticize this person in this way to their face, but how do I feel if their children were watching? Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, you know, I have teenagers and they're on Twitter, the, the older ones. Yeah. And so some of the the nasty things that have been written about me that mm -hmm. they're, they're truly mm. horrific for my children yeah, to see, right. you know, it's like, that's the part that bothers me. Yeah. And, and, and that a pastor or an elder of a church would be willing for your kids to see mm -hmm. that they would write something well, really ugly. Well, let's that a Christian would be willing. Exactly. I mean, that's not, you know, these True. people are pastors and elders, but the big question is, if you write like that about people consistently, yeah. mm -hmm. is that remotely consistent right. with a profession? I mean, and, and yeah. a lot of those yeah. are anonymous accounts, yeah. so mm -hmm. I'm not By sure this what... will all men know that you're my disciples, right. by the love you have mm -hmm. for each other. One of the things that's helped me a lot over the last year has been that I'm I'm engaged with kind of an ongoing dialogue with several of the more progressive guys in my denomination, and we disagree on some things that are important to mm. us. Um, but we have a very cordial and fairly regular correspondence. Mm -hmm. I, I'm the only guy in this kind of small group that comes from my perspective um but they're very cordial to me they're not rude to me i'm very cordial to them it's so and sharpening to have it is that conversation we, yep we disagree on the direction in some areas of, of our denomination i mean that's serious and we disagree about it so this isn't these aren't little small things to us these are big things but we are engaging respectfully when i see these brothers this next year at, at ga We'll be able to look each other in the eye, shake each other's hands, wish each other well, because we haven't been sniping at each other, mm -hmm. but we've been engaging. We still disagree, but we're treating each other like brothers. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's great to hear. All I would say, Todd, is hanging around with these progressive guys, don't start quoting Bono. To <laughs> I'm going you know, I'm, I'm to quote a lot of we, Bono. We're going to have to draw a line at that. I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm to start quoting a lot of Bono and a lot of Henry Nouwen. <laughs> so, you know, that, that, then, then you'll know. Then okay. You'll know. I think it's Henri Nouwen. Henri Nouwen. Henri Nouwen. If I was French, Henry Nouwen if I was French on, on I would pronounce podcast. it like a Frenchman. Croissant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like if I were English, I would say schedule. Schedule. But I'm American, so I say schedule. Schedule. Yeah. Yeah. You see? Can't speak properly, but yeah, just, yeah. Uh, that's well, I, I, I'm thinking at this point it's probably time to wrap up. It is now. We we do have some more listener 
questions that we're going to come back to later. But please keep um, submitting those to us because we find those helpful and we hope that you'll find uh, our conversation about those helpful. We're so glad that you tuned in to Mortification of Spin. Just a reminder, we are a listener-supported podcast and we would love for you to visit our website, uh, mortificationofspin.org. You can register for some wonderful freebies that we like to provide uh, for some of our listeners. And you can also uh, contribute to the continuing work of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals, so that they can continue to offer you resources like Mortification of Spin. This is Todd Pruitt. Once again, I'm joined by Amy Bird and Carl Truman signing off from our secret bunker somewhere hidden in the hills of western Pennsylvania. Look forward to talking to you next time. I'm Henry the Eighth, I am. Henry the Eighth, I am, I am. I got married to the widow next door. She's been married seven times Thanks for listening to Mortification of Spin, a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Visit the podcast page and blog at mortificationofspin.org, where we'll have links and other articles from Amy, Carl, and Todd. And while you're there, please subscribe and consider making a donation. And be sure to listen next time when Carl, Todd, and Amy talk about... When the angel Gabriel came to Mary, you know, she, you will call his name Jesus, which means Yahweh saves. And the same way when the angel appeared in a dream to Joseph, you know, you are to call him Jesus because he's the savior of the world. And so literally at the Annunciation, through the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus came to be, but he was literally Jesus in embryo. He was Jesus, he was Yahweh saves, but he had to enact his name. He had to become Jesus. He had to be Jesus, Yahweh saves. He had to become our savior. We'll talk to you next time on Mortification of Spin. Todd. Yes, yes, well. I, Am I a feminist? Uh-huh, uh-huh. This is the great thing about not doing social media. I have no idea. Just tell them I'm starting my own band called the Feminist Outrage mm-hmm, Machine, mm-hmm, where they will... With Brooke Ventura. They will learn my whole... Rage Against the Patriarchy. That yes. could be your band, too. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's my nunchucks on the cover. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Wouldn't embarrass your kids at all. No. <laughs> <laughs>